0: Welcome to another Comics Pals review. This week, we are here to review Captain Marvel, the film we've all been waiting for. Oh, my God. Already? Already? We've done done two book clubs now, one for Captain Marvel and one for Shazam, and on both of those, you did the same bit.
1: Wait, I thought we did two Captain Marvel book clubs. Oh,
0: my God. Anyway, we're talking Carol Danvers' movie, Captain Marvel. Wait a sec. Hold on, hold on. Wasn't Shaquille O'Neal in this movie? No,
1: no, 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 my
2: God. You're thinking of
3: Kazam. Sean, you know what's the worst part about this? Is we are going to have to do this again in like two weeks (laughs) when we review Shazam. We're not done with this.
0: Oh, Captain Ah! (sighs) Marvel. All right, anyway, anyway, we actually have a special guest joining us here on this this review. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm happy to introduce and welcome on board Jess Kale's wife
4: Hello welcome Woo! back Jess Hey Kale. guys
0: Kale Jess's wife
1: Kale <laughs> better half more like more Kale, tra- Kale Jess's husband
0: much better half
4: <laughs> Happy to be
3: here I'd go as far as her his what 75% I feel like Jess is really pulling all the weight there
0: Well you might be right You're not wrong uh, <laughs> well, long time no, listeners Kale's the
1: dead weight <laughs>
0: <laughs> long time listeners of our show will remember Jess actually being our very first guest on the podcast yeah. episode 2 I think episode 2 and episode 15 yes yeah
4: long time ago it's good to be back I've missed you guys
2: we likewise you too. And- uh, I mean it's fine for me so no. <laughs>
4: This whole episode is you just gonna be jokes of like, oh well, I live with her, so like really weird, you know? <laughs>
0: uh so you guys will be able to understand, uh, based on this episode, that Kale enjoys being emasculated and that uh that's what he deserves. Um Fair so-, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so normally when we do these uh, we talk about the Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter score and the audience score, but this movie has been plagued by downvotes from people who haven't even seen it that are just on a hate crusade. So we're actually gonna we're gonna avoid the audience score for this one because I don't think it's a representation. But I do still want to do the tomato meter score because that's probably more valid because uh, that does come from just the critics. Um, so. I want you guys to just guess the tomato meter score, and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll see who's who's closest. Pete, you want to start? Ah,
3: uh, you're putting me at a disadvantage by making me go first. But yeah, okay. Price
1: is Right your ass.
3: I know that's what always happens. Um, okay, <laughs> okay.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna say ninety two. Okay, okay. Jess, why don't you go next?
4: It's out of a hundred, right? Yes, seventy-nine.
2: Okay, Kale. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 80. 80,
0: 82 Okay, Phil. Eighty-four. All right. Well, uh, Jess not only wins, but is actually exactly on the money. What? Seventy-nine <laughs> percent. Damn! Any, Double has, Jeopardy. Have any of us? Ever hit it on the dot? I don't think so. I don't so. think so.
1: That's, that was oh, really good. All
4: right. Man, I'm going to replace all of you, <laughs> not just my
1: husband. You've <laughs> already replaced Marco, so you're already doing a
0: great job.
4: Yeah. He's
0: already, he's already <laughs> talked more than Marco in 125 episodes. <laughs> uh, and that's, by the way, out of 330 reviews that uh, have been received by Rotten Tomatoes. And just for the sake of pointing it out, Cinema Score. Uh, has the audience rating at an A. So, you know, whatever that means to you.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregate of reviews. So uh, it's the average.
4: But wasn't the thing with Rotten Tomatoes that they stopped reviews coming in before the movie came out, but they opened it again, so the the trolls could still add those reviews afterwards, but only after it opened, right?
0: So that is... That is correct, but it only applies to the audience score. The Tomato Meter is review aggregates from like websites that do reviews. Aha, Frenix.
4: okay. Yeah,
0: so that one I think is a little more real. Okay, um, cool. So let's jump right into the conversation about this movie, highly, highly anticipated, and I want to start with something that I think um, I think everybody loved universally, which was this the little Stanley tribute. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, go
4: I am going to throw a spanner into the works here, and That's you're probably going to throw me off and never have me on again.
2: That's a wrench. A spanner Oh, is a I'm wrench. sorry. Yeah, a wrench. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Excuse me while I throw my spanner into the works. No, I, I enjoyed it. It was a fitting tribute, but to have it as the full Marvel you know, the opening credits with all the flashing images, oh. usually comic books. Um, I felt it was a little too much, especially that Stan Lee is quite a problematic person and I would hmm. rather have had a legacy of Marvel Comics that wasn't just Stan Lee. Where was Kirby in that? Where was all of the other great creators? I, I, I liked it and I would have been happy with half of the images and then even just one image of everybody else. So that did... That did it. Didn't sit wrongly with me. I was very happy that they did it, and it was a fitting tribute. But I was kind of like, I feel like you could do do the rest, because with Stan Lee, you know that that generation is pretty much gone now, and I feel like it was a good chance to show the whole legacy of that of those creators.
1: It's a recency thing, just because he died recently. Uh, I don't. I don't think it was intended as a. Well, let's be clear. Marvel and DC's done a great job disrespecting a lot of the old creators oh. over the years. So, <laughs> sure. don't, don't get me wrong, but I don't think this one was uh, meant to be that. I think it was just the recency of the original Captain Marvel dying.
0: I also think that whatever movie this was, they would have done the Stanley tribute. I don't uh, if,
4: yeah, I, 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 and I, I think they had to. I yeah. think it, it was a fit and tribute to it.
0: Funny story about this. Uh, you know, in my theater, everybody's clapping, right, while they're showing it. And it's like this big moment. And some woman really loudly goes, why is everybody clapping? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's,
0: that's funny because I looked over and I was like, you know, I he can't
2: hear you, right? Like, <laughs>
4: because So we had a really weird theater experience because we went to a theater where we live in Luxembourg but it was all international school kids. So it was all Americans mm. in Luxembourg and they were all like, you know, shouting out things. And I was like, oh, this is weird. We
1: have been transported. <laughs>
4: <laughs> because Europeans when they watch a film are very like reserved and they don't react at all. So to see all these like teenagers clapping along and so it was both nice and I was like, oh, weird. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no one was saying where is the intermission, like Kale always does.
4: <laughs> well, I have that as a constant in yeah. my ear, so oh, I just yeah. hear that now all the time.
0: <laughs> I Watching an episode me. of
2: Star Trek, and I'm like, oh, we gotta pause
0: it. <laughs> so <clears throat> let's let's talk uh, spoiler-free our reactions to the movie. Uh, Jess, why don't you why don't you kick it off?
4: I adored it. It was great. It was everything I've been waiting for for the past ten. More years, 10, 12 years.
0: Awesome. Um, what did you think about the story without getting into specifics and you know some of the acting and stuff like that?
4: I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good origin story. I thought it was a good amalgamation of different comic stories that, that work cinematically. Yeah. Um I did really enjoy it.
0: Awesome. And what did you think about Bree Larson as Captain Marvel.
4: She grew on me. I'd always wanted Casey Sarkov, you know, from Battlestar oh. Galactica. I'd all and that was always how I'd pictured her. But we were kind of discussing this afterwards that it works to see Brie Larson's kind of more youthful mm. take on it, if I can say that, that you see the character through her eyes, and that's the kind of age she needed to be for that story, I sort think.
2: Of, it's sort of this young punk. Captain Marvel that you know grew up in the 90s
0: okay fair enough um, Kale what about you
2: I really I, I did really enjoy it I um, for, for me I think very similar to Black Panther I um, I didn't feel like this movie was particularly for me Um, but uh, I I did really enjoy the ride I felt like the uh, the origin aspect was uh, very well handled and I felt like they crafted it very differently from everything else they did Um, and especially in the case of like, if you compare it to the last origin we've had and correct me if I'm wrong it was Doctor Strange yes sounds right it, it didn't feel. I, I I remember one of my criticisms for that movie was it felt like Iron Man. Um, this cause, didn't.
1: That's because he was Iron Man.
2: <laughs> this didn't feel like it followed that formula. Like it it starts you, you know, in the in the midst of where she is now, and then it it gives you flashes of who she was, and those flashes are enough that you get a a basis for who she is. And and I felt like that really worked. Um, there were uh, some of, some of the the dialogue and some of the the writing, especially in the beginning, is very expositional.
4: Yeah, I do agree on that. Uh,
2: but um, I, I feel I felt like that sort of cleared up as the movie progressed. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I really had a good time, and I think that's um, that's what's important.
0: <clears throat> awesome,
3: Pete. Yeah, I also really enjoyed the movie. I I think I I definitely agree with what you guys put out there about the the intro of it being a little not just expositional, but I thought I found the pacing of it to be a little like hard to keep up with. Like, I I, I definitely felt like lost isn't the right word, but it just felt like we were covering a lot of ground very quickly. And I was like, I had to pay attention to keep up to get to the meat of the movie. God
1: forbid you pay attention to a movie, Pete.
4: I know, right? All right,
1: okay. Um, <laughs> no,
4: but I know what you mean. Like you, you had to fully concentrate on it to to get what was going on.
3: Yeah, because it was just like it was in a lot of different like locales very quickly, and it's like introduced uh, like all of the the almost all of the themes and characters right away, and it's like oh, all right, cool. Um, but overall, like I, I really liked the the style of the movie. I thought that it felt like it didn't necessarily break a ton of new ground when it comes to like superhero origins. You know, like there were a lot of things that were kind of like the, the paint by numbers of it all. But I thought that the more like, I don't want to say hard sci-fi, but the more like, it, it felt more like Star Wars to me than something like Guardians did. You know, where like Guardians was very, very focused on comedy and this movie had funny moments, but by and large, like it felt more like sci-fi and that worked for me because I felt like it gave it a different flavor. I think especially like a lot of the dog fighting and stuff was really cool and different than we've seen in other Marvel movies and I thought they, they played with that in a way that was really fun, fun. Um, there was a couple shots that, you know, when we get into the spoilers or everything, I thought were really impressive. Oh, I'm back? Okay. Um, I was just saying there's a couple shots that we'll talk about later that I thought were really impressive. And uh, in terms of, like, the cast and everything, I really liked the dynamic between Brie Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. It was really cool to get to see Nick Fury's, like, induction into this world, you know, because um, I didn't really necessarily expect that. You know, like, I knew that on some level this was going to be, like... I guess an origin for us. Cause it would be the earliest we'd seen in his career, but I didn't really necessarily expect it to be like step one of everything we've seen so far, you know, which was, which was kind of cool. And, uh, I'm a big fan of Brie Larson as an actress and I thought she did a great job with the character. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect from her based on the trailers. Cause I felt like she felt very flat from a lot of the kinds of moments and beats that they'd chosen and like I'm happy to report, I didn't feel that way about the character and those moments in the context of the film. You know, um, there were again I think a, a few pacing issues when it comes to her arc, but th- those are really my only criticisms with the story. Is that like I feel like they had so much ground to cover that things about it, both in pacing and emotionally, feel very quick. Um, but otherwise, I think overall they they executed it really well, and there's a few really, really strong moments that made it, like, stand out for me. You know, I don't know that it's, like, a top five MCU movie for me, but I definitely think it's in that, like, high mid-tier, you know, which when they're, when you're talking about a franchise that has, like, what, 20-some-odd movies at this point, like, that's, that's you know, pretty high praise.
0: How about you, Phil?
1: You know, I always pictured, as a Captain Marvel, I always pictured uh, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> really? Oh God! Um, I don't Who's know. Now nah, she's a WWE uh, wrestler. Yeah, she used to. Oh, uh,
3: okay.
2: I think I. I feel like she was. She was actually rumored for it she, for a yes, while. I think that, so. Yeah, she's there was just a not push a very good to, actress. to get her the
1: role. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that she should have been, but like, I just always like kind of. She could have done all her all own stunts. Uh, she can. But that's kick fucking ass. That's uh, <laughs> Brie Larson. Brie Larson did a lot of her own stunts as well. I learned. But, uh, yeah, so uh, it was, I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I liked it. I I really liked the first two-thirds of the movie. I thought, I, I had no issues with the pacing. I thought it was quick. I thought it was brisk. Uh, I thought it did cover a lot of ground. I thought it was structured really uniquely compared to most of these Marvel movies. Uh, and I appreciated that. It handled that daftly. And it handled it nimbly. Deftly. Daft. 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 All right. You're in a timeline, buddy. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I I really like the characters in this movie. I think Samuel L. Jackson, this was probably his best performance uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. Uh, I thought Brie Larson. So... I think she had a really challenging role here and not just in the cultural aspect of playing like a major female superhero uh, in a fairly chauvinistic landscape, but like she was also playing a major character that's being introduced to like the final film of like this Marvel landscape or whatever. And all these other characters have all like 10 years or whatever to like develop and interact with each other at be put into that scenario she's coming in completely clean of all that and that's tough so i think she did a really good job kind of uh she she really was likable and like every way i think uh and most of all good cat oh my god really there's a cat in this movie
4: Hey, I, I enjoyed the cat very much. Tell tell
2: the story about your mom real quick.
4: Oh, so my cat at home is a ginger cat that looks exactly like Goose. Goose. And so I text my mom and I was like, oh, hey, you should go and see Captain Marvel. There's a cat in it. I know you like cats and everything. Like, And that was like my selling point to get her into it because she's not, she enjoys superhero movies, but she's still a mom. She doesn't, you know, it's not her jam really. So I text her about it. And then within like five minutes, she texts me going like, ooh, cat, very nice. I like cats. And then a few minutes later, it was, "Oh, and it's a lady (laughs) superhero, how brilliant. And I was like, yes, that's great. That's super cool. Like, you know, the whole point is to get, get, well, to have young girls into it, but also like-
0: Old girls into it. (laughs)
4: uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> do, do, do you know if she's gonna end up going to see it?
4: I hope so. Yeah, I, I think she'll go because we, we have you a know. Yeah. Well, if not, you'll you have
3: something go. to watch next
4: yeah. time you go visit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> there
0: you go. So i um, I enjoyed the movie. I had fun with it. I think that the acting was really strong across the board. This is this is a a, a really really good cast. Um, I think Bree Larson and uh Samuel L. Jackson had great chemistry together and then separately they both put on great performances. I think um of all the of all the actors who had who have major roles in these films, I don't think you can really say that any two actors had more weight on them to do well than Robert Downey Jr and Bree Larson. And I think that um Brie Larson, I mean, obviously we know Robert Downey Jr. Many years, she's been doing well. This is her first time playing this character, and I think she did a brilliant job. She brought, um, you could feel what was going on internally with this character. Captain Marvel's not a, not typically a like very vocal character. She's more like internal, and if she needs to deal with a problem, she usually punches it in the face. And I think that Brie Larson captured what's going on inside of carol danvers and i'm not an actor but that seems like it'd be pretty hard to do so um you know full credit to her on that because i think you know she's the she's the golden child right she's the character who's gonna drive us into the future you have to have an actor with some with some power behind her and and brie larson brought it um Ben Mendelsohn is my guy. I love this actor. He's one of my favorite actors and uh I love what he did with Talos and we're going to talk about that later.
2: Um He, he more, reminded but. me a lot of uh of uh Doug, the the rock guy in uh um Oh, Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok was really? Doug. Is that his name? Uh, really? He just kind of I, I think he just kind of sounded like it to me. I just got, you like, you the know same... that
4: that's a New Zealand versus a British accent, though,
1: right? <laughs> the same, this Kelly. All wow. The same, Kelly. You've been to both <laughs> countries. You should know the difference.
2: Well, so okay, I'll give you the quick. So the New Zealand guy, the the rock guy, sounds nice and friendly. The British guy, this girl, sounds, I mean, evil. Like he's gonna, you know, colonize your planet.
4: Villains. They're all British.
2: So, <laughs> but they they had a very uh, similar. Uh, feel to me, like they it felt like they had a, a very similar humor. I think
4: F- Phil this is a complete tangent here but so there was a cop show in New Zealand that was narrated and it sounds exactly like your accent when you do a grandpa <laughs> so I
1: guess you're that's doing a New Zealand fantastic. accent by accident. and I
4: was like oh my god that's Phil that's amazing uh,
1: uh, Well, uh, 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 and, and the third dimension I'm from Wellington no, we can <laughs> explore it later we'll, we'll explore it off mic we've
2: got um, a lot to get through
0: so and and then just uh, I wanted to shout yeah. out Jude Law as John Rog. I, I thought yes. he did a really good job. Job as well. Um, I, I was.
4: I said after the movie, I was like, I have a thing with Jude Law, where I always think I hate him, and then he's actually really good, and I enjoy every performance he's in. So I don't know where this came from.
0: Interesting. I don't really? think I've seen him in a movie before. Um,
2: have you yeah. not seen Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow? I've not. Oh my dude!
0: I'll have to check it out. <laughs> um, and 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 last but not least, as far as the acting, it was so nice. To see uh, Phil Coulson back in the fold, Clark Gregg, you know, doing a great job as ever with that character. Not given a lot to do, less than I thought he was going to get, actually, but it was just nice to see him. Um, so you don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, I, don't no, I, I don't know. I don't know. I
2: think he's died on that. I don't think he's oh. on that anymore he's, he's, he's on it.
0: He's on it. Just not as... Uh, never mind. So... Overall, enjoyed the movie. Have critiques. We'll talk about those in the spoiler section, which we're about to jump into. If you haven't seen the movie yet or you care about spoilers, now's the time you're going to want to jump off and come back to us when you've seen the film. But otherwise,
1: you, I will make make one point.
0: <laughs> I will make one point. Okay. Uh,
1: if you haven't seen the movie and you're on the fence about seeing it or whatever, uh, I think... Like and you don't want to listen to our spoiler section. I think it's worth seeing, and I also think it's worth seeing if you have any intent on seeing uh, Avengers <laughs> the, the end, end, end or whatever. Yeah, the no, end or whatever. Yeah, no, I agree. With it's definitely
3: worth your time, and uh, especially if you you know want to be caught up for Endgame.
0: And, and and to that point, I would say make make up your own mind because there's a lot of negativity surrounding this movie. Some of it is warranted, a lot of it is not. Decide for yourself. But uh, yeah, so let's let's jump right into the the spoiler section here. Um, does anybody have a hot take they want to lead with? Hot. Feeling? Yeah, I do. Go for um, it.
3: Um, I I said a thing. Oh, I think it was a week ago. Might have been two weeks ago. That my number one hope for this movie was that there would be a fight scene set to no, 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 no doubt song. No, and no, you guys were no, all like, "If that happens, no. this movie's gonna be trash." Fuck you guys! It was, it happened, and it was great. <laughs> I got so excited, I literally <laughs> punched Thompson
1: in the arm. I was like, "Dude, dude, they did it! Fantastic, best What's moment, of you, motherfucker!" I, I I messaged, I messaged Kale and Sean saying I was so pissed off about that, mainly because well, you were that's excited
3: about I, it. I, I love No Doubt and if you're gonna have a 90s movie about a strong female protagonist, you better have a No Doubt song in there. I'm sorry. Thank you. Jess is on the right side of history. I,
2: I, I, it was, was powerful perfect. as fuck.
1: I, 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 I really didn't like it, that scene. I thought it was really distracting. I thought like it felt really that's like I have no issue with the song being in the movie, but it just came out of nowhere. No, and it felt shoehorned no. in there.
2: I think you. I think you had issues with the song.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I. When there was so much going on in that fight scene, anyway. You no, know, you know, you have a pinball machine flying around the room. Like, I think it's that good, like comedic relief. Like, if you didn't have that song, you'd be like, "What? What the fuck? What was the pinball machine? Wait, what is that flying out there now?" Like, I think it's kind of a nice, like, it lets your brain sort of like go with the pace of the fight in a fun way.
0: Just don't agree with Pete. Come on. I, I couldn't really focus on whether or not it worked in the movie because I was too busy <laughs> thinking about Pete, quite frankly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that somewhere, it. like, uh, you know, underneath the same moon. I'm just there like... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was a great disturbance in the forest, for sure. Yep.
0: But, um, yeah, so, I mean... Might as well start there, I guess, right? With the music. What did you guys think about the music selection in the movie? They obviously used a lot of throwback music, lots of 90s music, stuff you would associate with that time period.
1: I didn't like it. Yeah. uh,
2: I don't have much to say about it, but I do want to point out that I I did really like how um, a lot of it, especially toward the end, sort of it really came in as she was figuring out who she was and remembering who she was. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good way to uh illustrate that.
4: And it links to her identity. It's an Earth identity. It's a human identity. I, yeah. with in the same vein that the mixtape is for Star-Lord. Like, that's mm. a vestige of his life on Earth. And yeah. I think that it was good. I, I like all of the songs that they played, and I enjoyed them, but I don't think it distracted me too much like i can remember that there was a nirvana song i can remember the no doubt song and a nirvana too
1: it. oh he said nirvana the what about song. garbage oh, yeah, yeah. the
0: garbage song oh
4: yeah 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 that was good too that was to, my
0: favorite to me song the
3: the, the nirvana movie. track was the only one that didn't work because that to me felt shoehorned in mm-hmm. um i think
4: mm-hmm. how, well how else, else would, would you know it's the in 90s, I...
3: pete uh,
4: in like God. water and stuff. you just
3: you speak and but no you don't, my it's like you don't even think. I didn't I didn't have what a problem <laughs> with that song being in, I don't I'm just no selling him uh, I didn't have a problem with the song being in the movie it was just the way that it was introduced for her. it was like playing on a record player yeah, in her actually. mind while she's talking to a computer I was like this is weird
2: oh wait really that that I really like that part. That's the yeah, part that, specifically what I'm me, talking but
3: about. But aside from that, I I thought the soundtrack was like it was a good selection of songs, and I I agree that it it worked because it helped set the like tone and like establish the time period for the film.
0: So, There's also a way that that could have been significantly yeah. overdone, and I thought that they showed yeah, the strength, I agree. which I liked.
1: So. This is where I'm the Debbie What Denver. else is new? I felt like the 90s. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I felt like the 90s stuff was a little over the top. Uh, no,
4: see, I loved it because, <sighs> like, we haven't had movies. We're not quite out of the period yet where the 90s is the vintage thing. Like, there's a lot of 60s, 70s, 80s movies. And this was nice. Like, I'm I not remember sure if all this there stuff. This was-
0: yeah, I feel like of I'm movies. there. I'm about to. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm on the road to 30, and yep. they. They. They referenced the Fresh Prince. I saw Brando cabinet yep. Blockbuster video. Street Fighter Two. I lost my mind. Yeah, all that stuff's so cool to me. Like. I, like yeah. it took me back. Even
4: I, even like them putting the disc into the computer and her being like, "What the yeah. hell's happening?" And they're like, "Oh, it's just all, loading." Like that's just what happens. All of and the I computer like, stuff like, landed that.
3: for me because like I thought it was great that like it wasn't like except for that one time where they pointed it out it was just like oh like when she was using Alta Vista like I fucking laughed at that and it wasn't a joke yeah. it's just like that's what you would have used in 1996 or whatever but like yep. it was just it was yep. funny and like I don't know it worked for me like I I dug the setting
4: yeah I think they did the right amount as well so like you could um, have those moments in computers and things and
1: I'm not going to rain on out. all of your parades. Good. It's fine. You can enjoy it. Right. It's fine.
2: Right. Okay. Phil's, Phil's the kind of person that watches Pride and Prejudice and goes, Ugh, I hate how they're beating me over the head with this <laughs> 1800s movie. Ugh. We,
0: we, we, we unfortunately have Phil for a limited amount of time. So while he's still here, I want to talk about two major things that happen in the movie so the first thing i want to talk about is the swerve the big swerve in the film is that you know you're built up to believe that that the skrulls are you know the evil douchebags and the kree are the benevolent individuals and you kind of if you've been following the marvel cinematic universe for a while you probably have a good idea that that's not true because we've already seen ronin and korath and we know they're not good um but In this movie, to start with, they're presented as being the heroes, and then about midway through, we get the reveal that Talos is actually trying to get to his family, not necessarily the Tesseract or the Engine, as they refer to it, um, and that uh, they're actually just looking for a home, that the Skrulls are, are homeless, and they're trying to find a planet where they can live, and that's the reason why they wanted the Tesseract in the first place. So... What did you think about and I I want Phil's reaction first cuz he's got limited time. What did you think about that turn and do you think that it served the movie well? So
1: on face value, I was okay. On face value, I I was waiting for a, a scroll heel turn the entire time, even after they were like we're refugees and we want to be sent home because my entire familiarity with the source material is that the scrolls are not to be trusted because in, in effect this is a morally ambiguous conflict and when i say morally ambiguous i mean both sides are evil people because the Cree are basically space fascists and uh, the scroll the scroll are also bad uh, so i was waiting for that and when it didn't happen i was kind of like what the fuck but I kind of let it go because I think for the for the movie it worked well because in a in effect Carol Danvers was kind of like a space Moses and that she was like trying to lead these people home <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other aspect I had was like it's a little simple to be like, well, these guys are refugees and they're the good guys, and the creator are the bad guys and it, it was but I said, you know what it's, it's kind of a popcorn movie. I think it's okay for a superhero movie to have this kind of like black and white I also, morality thing. I also don't so know that like, it's like
3: that simple because, like, they did also make the illusion where he said he's like, you know, that like there's blood on my yes. hands from this war, too. Like, you know, I'm not like a good guy. I'm just like, yeah, but- I, I, I'm a person and I have a family and.
1: Yeah, but like it was clear they're the good guys because, like, even though he has blood on his hands, it's kind of blood that was sure. subjected upon him by a larger yeah. imperial force. Like, it was a justified conflict for the scroll. Uh, and I think it was a good twist because you have one expect, I think the general audience has one expectation for sure where the Cree are morally just they're justified in their conflict, which I think is kind of an allegory for like imperialism period. Like, like people that grow up in an imperialist state believe that their state is morally justified in their imperial, con- like in their conquests. Uh, but then it switches and that the subject of the imperialism is clearly being oppressed by an alien conflict. And I think it worked. I liked it.
0: Awesome. Um, So because, like I said, we only have you for a limited time, I'm actually just going to just shift forward, and then we can all react to what Phil has to say Mm -hmm. after he leaves, so you can listen to the show to hear back to what we actually had to say to you. Um, But I wanted to get your reaction to the first end credits scene, where we actually see that uh, Captain Marvel responds to the page – And she meets the Avengers, or at least some of them.
1: Okay, this is actually the only thing I outright disliked in the movie. So, I I have little grievances. Like, I think the 90s stuff was a little over the top. Uh, I think the third act of the movie was just okay. Like, those are, like, not really complaints. My only actual issue with the movie is that scene in the the mid-credits. Because they're standing around this pager that uh her and uh Nick Fury made and they're like no the signal stopped we can't make it like we can't get to work and then she just shows up i think it completely undercut the moment of her showing up in the next movie because she's already there and there was no there was nothing to it for all intents and purposes, this is a character that destroyed, like, four dreadnoughts in space and, like, a bunch of intergalactic ballistic missiles with relative ease. It very much established that she is a heavy hitter, probably bigger than Thor and the Hulk. And rather than having giving her this moment of, like, oh, shit, you know, the the deck is folded against us right now. it shuffled against us. All of a sudden, we just got an ace. That was all kind of just caught at the knees for a scene that had no impact.
2: I, I was thinking you, so you and I were kind of talking about it last night and, uh, you said that to me and I was thinking about it and I was like, if, if that's the case and we don't get a, an entrance from her in, in whatever the fuck this movie's called, the game, end game, end End, game, end of the pizza. It's not that hard.
3: End game. Um, they said it like a hundred times and in the last pizza. movie.
2: The if they if they did that now and that's her entrance, that movie had better be. I mean, packed to the fucking gills with shit because uh, that's crazy.
1: And also, if you haven't seen this movie, because I, I think. I, I genuinely believe there will be people who did not see this movie just because they were, you know, busy or whatever, or waiting. Because I think Avengers comes out in a month, right? Yes.
2: Or, or shitty.
1: Yeah, but like not those people, not the people that weren't seeing it because it, they thought it was shitty. Like just the, like a normal ass person's like, oh, I'll I'll get around to seeing it, and it just like slips their mind. I didn't get to it. But like the next Avengers movie is like a major cinematic event because it's the culmination of all these movies. Would they might make it more. I think something like that's happened to me before with movies where I, like, let something go by the wayside, and, like, the next thing came out, I had to go back to watch it. I'm sure that happens to a lot of people. Um, if she's, like, there at the very beginning, they're gonna be very confused if they didn't get a chance to see this movie. <laughs> like, well, oh, how, I, when did this happen?
0: <laughs> I really want to respond to that, because I'm not I'm not necessarily convinced that that scene is not yeah, in the movie. That's That that was
1: my... It could that was be. my yeah, that's movie. true. They... Well, if, they I they will did say the if, same. Go ahead. I will say if they actually do give her an intro in a the movie, then it doesn't matter.
0: Well, no, I think that is her intro. I just think that what I'm what I'm countering is that that scene probably is in Endgame.
1: Oh, I see. Oh, if that's a, that's not as bad either. Yeah, if that's the case, if that's the case, but I, I that's not that hasn't happened before in one of these Marvel movies. Where yes, it it's like, has. Was it with the in, Thor Ragnarok thing or
0: no? In uh, in Avengers: Age of Ultron, at the very end, they show Bucky, uh, Cap, and Falcon seeing Bucky chained up, and in um, and uh, what was Civil War? I think it was that they show that again.
1: Do they? Oh, okay. Well, like I said, if if it, if it is like, pretty much straight out of the movie, just a teaser for the movie itself, I, I don't think that's as big of a deal. I, I'm My criticism strictly if, like, we pick up in the next movie, she's already there.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. And it kind of, if it's not in the movie, it kind of cheapens our yeah. entrance, too. Exactly. Like, it's a huge thing. And yes. it's like, oh, wait, well, okay, it's just a, you know, end credit scene, which I feel like people know now to watch the yeah. end credits, right. but even if the people who... I'd watched the movie and left at the beginning of the credits I hadn't seen that too they'd be like wait
1: what mm. and th- this is like the marvel superman the mcu superman like this is she's like a savior figure and like mm. you'd be you'd be cutting off this impact
0: well unfortunately phil does have to go i do. Uh, thank I, you for joining us for the period that you could and we're gonna th- now talk about you me- badly while you're gone <laughs>
1: Let me throw a, a couple last comments out just about the movie before I go. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you didn't have to go that way. I No, I do. I'm going to keep it real short. I'm just going to keep it real short. Uh, I think Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson was extremely funny in this movie. The whole thing about him, like, I only want to... No one calls me Nick or Nicholas. It's just Fury. That played back well. Uh, I love the whole thing with the, the, the cat, with what how it played in the movie. I thought that was really clever. Uh, and I just like the pathos of Carol Danvers. Like, and the way they introduced that With like the flashbacks With the, like, the scroll Kind of probing her mind It was all very good That's awesome. all I wanted To really throw out there
0: And you're very good So thank you very much
1: Thank you guys uh, And thank, thank you. you Thank you for taking the time To talk about this movie with me <laughs> yes, <I'll leave. laughs> Bye Phil Bye, Bye.
0: <laughs> Alright Phil Take care Fuck no you doubt Bill.
3: Shit, Pete, Get out of my show <laughs>
0: Okay.
2: Very good. Oh, perfect. So, one thing, one just while we're on that mid-credit scene, one thing we we were talking about during it was like
4: we laughed out loud.
2: We were like, "Are you are you telling me?" Bruce Banner doesn't know what a fucking pager is. They were all like, What is this
4: thing that we need to figure out and put into a machine? It's like, it, It's a pager, guys. Like, Bruce Banner, one of the greatest scientific minds in the universe, is like, What is what this? Is this we relic? Must study this. And we were like, Come on. It's
0: a goddamn pager. What? I thought the implication was that because we saw her alter it in this movie, yeah, that it wasn't. Exactly, just a pager. yeah, yeah, well,
4: it, and it it was obviously meant to be that, but like the way they were saying it is of like, what yeah. is this? I just can't figure it out. <laughs> it was like, whoa, it
0: looks <laughs> like a pager, but it's a completely different thing. <laughs> so well, yeah, we
4: we just enjoyed the wait.
0: Yeah, um, I I don't know. I didn't have as much of a problem with the mid-credit scene as as Phil did. Uh, I think that if that is the way that they're introducing her, and that it that. That 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 scene is not in the movie, and that is a little uh, a little jarring, um, if, if for individuals who didn't get to see it. I think Marvel has decided that they can play a little looser with those things now because of how many people do end up going to see the follow up. I mean, you look at Ant Man and the Wasp and how that ended with Ant Man stuck in the um, I forget what it's called the Quantum Realm, uh, that's a major piece of the puzzle that if you haven't seen Ant-Man 2, you won't know about. So will they explain it in the movie? Will they include that scene? They probably won't include it, so...
4: Yeah, but haven't they already shown him...
0: In the trailer. Yeah. He, he in is the in the trailer. I guess my point is, like the how of of, of him appears.
1: If you haven't seen that movie...
4: It's another, like, he just shows up. Yeah,
0: right. Right.
1: And I
3: think that's, like, what Sean's getting at, is, like, they're past that point, where, like, they're like, look, if you want to go see Endgame, you need to see the other movies, you know? And, like, that's what we're doing here
2: well and i think they can also count on word of mouth too
3: yeah that like if you don't yeah. go see those things you can read a wikipedia synopsis or like yeah. you know the polygons and cbrs and bleeding cools of the world are gonna do a video and the
4: comics post, yes of
3: course, of course. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, we don't
2: do that shit they'll do you know oh, no.
3: videos or article ra- wrap ups that are like here's all the things you need to know if you want to go watch endgame yeah you know?
0: Yeah, so I'm not I'm not entirely convinced there will be a large contingent of people who will go into that movie and not know. But I think I do ultimately agree that I mean it. It would be better if they at least include that scene in Endgame. I think they will. Yeah,
3: I think you're. I think you're spot on with that. Uh, that thought, Sean. That 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 is a scene in the movie.
0: Why thank you. Uh, so let's let's jump back a little bit to the other thing that Phil was talking about, which was the scroll swerve. I wanted to know from you guys what yeah. you thought about that. If if that worked for you, that worked for me really well
3: uh, because similar to Phil, you know, I went and saw this movie with Thompson from the video game pals, and you know, both of us going in with the knowledge that we do are like, all right, yeah, scrolls are bad guys. Scrolls are always bad guys. You can't trust a scroll. Um, at some point, like. I thought that one of the characters that we were, like, dealing with as a quote-unquote good guy would turn out to be a Skrull. You know, I figured like, that was going to be the turn. Was that, like, oh, her commander was a Skrull all along or whatever, you know? Um, But for it to actually be the sort of that, oh, no, like, you know, at least these Skrulls are just, you know, refugees or, like, you know, I guess, like, victims of of the conflict – was not what I was expecting and that as a swerve like really surprised and worked for me you know and I think that was another one of the things about this movie that made it uh, succeed in my mind because I was afraid that it was gonna be very similar to just like a Gen 1 Marvel movie happening 10 years in where it's like we're doing a basic ass superhero origin movie and having those twists and turns like really did, make it work on a deeper level because there were mysteries there were reveals there were um you know all these things that kind of culminated into there being more meat to the narrative and that i think is probably the best example uh because from going from being like fuck scrolls i can't trust the scroll to like caring when that guy gets shot you know and being like oh no like he's got a family um that is something that like you know I wasn't expecting to feel and like I I can't say that even the good Marvel movies don't usually surprise me you know like I can guess what's gonna happen or my knowledge as a comic book fan like informs you know um my like the attitude I go into with like, to these movies because I know that certain things are going to happen or certain characters are expected to behave in certain ways. And for a movie, like, ten years in to actually subvert my expectations is something that I think, like, is uh, very deserving of praise.
0: Yeah, I... I, um... I'm pretty familiar with the Kree and Skrull relationship and, and, and all that enough that when I was first introduced to the movie and the idea that the Skrulls were just the villains, I was like, oh, no. I don't don't want that. Because that's not true. The Kree are just as bad. Right. And (laughs) especially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like I said earlier, we've already seen that Ronan works for Thanos. So how did he go from being just this altruistic, like, good guy to uh, a goon for Thanos, you know, and the main villain of Guardians.
4: And I had a very interesting experience. So, like I said, we watched it here, and here they subtitle it in French and German. And one thing I hadn't noticed before is that Cree is a play on Krieg, which is German for war. So every time they mentioned the Cree, they were called, like, war masters. And I was like, oh, well, okay, in the subtitles. And I was like, well, okay, then. That's because, like, I... I to me reading Captain Marvel the the crease crawl war was a bit more incidental you know mm-hmm. like I like my favorite is Carol Corps, and that's about you know going into the universe and doing good and blah 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 like
2: the Carol Core being the fandom around Carol Danvor, Danvers you no
4: know, the and- book the Captain there Marvel and the character yeah. yeah. Oh, I apologize. It's a team of female air force pilots. I'm See,
3: sorry. You like you don't even know anything. Like we're Like just... <laughs>
2: sitting here trying to mansplain. Yeah.
3: But
4: no, I, I I thought that was a very interesting aspect that you know we wouldn't get anywhere else. And I was like, oh my god, they're literally calling them like the War Masters. So <laughs> all right, yeah. okay.
0: Yeah, I do. I do think that that's that's a pretty cool. Um, tidbit like that i I would never have known otherwise so thank you for uh sharing that um and and with the the swerve of the scrolls turning out to be the good guys then i was like okay well that's also not true so where's the middle ground and that's where i that's where the movie kind of bothered me and that it didn't it didn't present the nuance of why are they at war with each other. What yeah. is what is the reasoning behind this? Where are the battle lines? You know what's the you know that's why I was worried before this movie came out. How are they going to accurately present this massive conflict in a movie that's about Captain Marvel? Because this is only her first time. Now I read a quote from Kevin Feige after I saw the movie, where he essentially was asked if there was a way to get to the secret invasion storyline because the movie presents the scrolls as good and he said well and he gave a great answer he said well just because these scrolls were presented this way yeah. doesn't yes. mean this is how all the scrolls are
3: that's what i was trying to say before when like we were like letting phil get his thoughts out is like I don't think that it did say that the scrolls are good guys. It said that these scrolls aren't bad guys. These scrolls are civilians, mostly. And the one scroll that we met who wasn't said, I've killed a bunch of people too. I have blood in my hands. Like, I'm a warrior. I'm a, you know, I'm a soldier in this war. So, like, obviously, I've done some negative shit. But, like, that doesn't mean that I'm not a person who has, like, a wife and a, a child, you know? Yeah, like,
4: because the, like, you're right. Like, it is one, well, one guy and his his science guy mm. like are, the rest are all civilians that marvel was hiding
3: right like yeah. so you just
4: like you can un- you can understand the nuance i think that people get caught up in wars
2: and i also think <clears throat> i also think that the um they can expound on it later especially if they're going to do more
3: cosmic things like they have talked about. Right. Um, I really think the Kree-Skrull War is going to be like a big focus of the next generation of Marvel movies, you know? Yeah,
4: I mean, like you say, Secret Invasion, like they would be silly not to do that at some point. That's kind of rich material (laughs) that they've got right there.
3: And it would work for like several movies, you know? Like that's that's something that you could lay threads for. Like Mm -hmm. they could already have been doing. You know, we're yeah. like, we find out that a character we've been dealing with for a while has been a scroll or like whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that's something Tony. that, I'm sorry. It's going to be Tony.
4: No, it's going to be Peppa.
3: I saw, be... I saw a, uh, a theory go out that it was actually Thunderbolt Ross, I that, that he acts right. very differently between when we see him in the original Hulk and when he shows back up in Civil War. And I was yeah, like, like, holy shit, how cool would that be? <laughs> um, so it's like, who knows, right? Like, they, yeah. they could, th- this could just be like the very, very tiniest scratch of the surface of a story that we're gonna develop over the next, who's to say, right? Like, maybe the next 10 years, right? Like, we don't know. And I, I feel like that's probably the more likely scenario than them boiling down the entire Cree Scroll conflict to they're the bad guys and they're the good guys in this one movie as a background thing I just don't think that's going to happen
0: well on that same subject um, and again you know talking about my issues with this with this uh, storyline um, they had an opportunity and this is one of the things I frankly don't like about the Marvel Cinematic Universe they had an opportunity to present war in a way we've not seen it in these movies so every movie has like an angle that it takes, right? And every movie has like a genre it kind of borrows from. And um, this one could have said something interesting about war and could have said something interesting about these refugees and, and how they're kind of like, um, you know, the the, the the people who get left behind or the people who get lost when there's this big conflict going on. And the movie never stopped and pumped the brakes a little bit to say something like that, and I well, really wish that it had.
2: I think I think it said it more
4: implicitly.
0: Well, I think it said it more about Carol
2: than it did about war itself, because I think I think the the scrolls were really used to show the the sort of person she was. You know, we had the interactions uh, with uh, Monica Rambeau and and her daughter. Maria. She the really. Mom. Oh, the little the little girl is Monica. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. um and it, it really showed how much she cared about her and and how the how much those interactions really meant to her. Um. I think.
0: <clears throat>
2: I think she. Uh. The movie really took the time to show that. Through. Uh, showing Talos's family. Um. She, she could take the time to recognize refugees and, you know, innocent people uh, in the midst of all this. And then at the end of it, take the time to shepherd them home and to find them a new home.
0: I think, fi- yeah. So the first part of what you said, I thought about during the movie and I was really, I wanted Captain Marvel the movie. To show me, well, not me because I understand it from the books, but to show the world why she's different than the other heroes. Because she is different. And I really wanted that to come across. So when she first meets the refugees, her reaction, I, I compared it to like how would X hero react? And I think they all react the same way. And so that didn't do much for me. What did was that she makes the choice to leave with them. That I thought was the Carol Danvers choice. That's unique. That yep. makes her special.
4: Yep, yep, I agree.
0: Um, but but yeah. So speaking to to that, to how the movie ends with her deciding to take this contingent of scrolls and and find a home. Um, what did you guys think about that as a mechanism of taking her off the table? Because obviously they needed a way to get rid of her.
4: Yeah, I liked it. And I, I also had another moment of with the pager thing of like, okay, so New York wasn't an emergency. Ultron wasn't an emergency. And I kind of <laughs> liked the idea of Nick Fury just like pressing it and be like, she'll pick up someday. She she will come back someday. And just being like, I'm just going to keep pressing it for 10 years and, and hopefully she'll come back. So I kind of liked that idea. But I, th- I thought it was a good... Way to explain it. Because there is a like. Why wasn't she in all of these events? Like so I think it was a good way to. Kind of take her out of the picture. And to show her character. Like you said like. That she's. She's risking her own planet. Not that she knows what's going to come. But that she's kind of. Sacrificing that life that she could have there. To go and help them.
3: Yeah I liked it as a. Character choice. Like I liked it. I liked what that said about her as a character and, and like you said that speaks to the difference between her and any of the other heroes, you know, of Earth. But um I I, I that was one thing where like it being a prequel was kind of weird. Because, like, it does make you ask that question of, like, well, did Nick Fury push that button all those other yeah. times and she just didn't show up? And, like, why? Why did she show up now? Yeah. Like, was it because she realized that 50% of the scrolls that she's been helping just disappeared? And she's like, oh, Nick Fury pushed the button again. Better go back to Earth. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Uh, it's It's something that they can still answer. But it is a thing of also, like, how come no one else, like, seems to remember the fact that Captain Marvel ever existed, you know? Like, I know she was only on Earth for, like, a day or two or whatever, but, like, she did a lot of, like, very public damage or, like, you know, a few things like that. Like, there's no story, like, about her. Like, when she shows up, they're not, like... Like, again, like, the thing with him not recognizing a pager. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, you're that weird lady that was on TV when I was, like, five years old, you know? Like, you know, I I don't know. Like, it just... It's something that, like they can obviously address in Endgame, and I'm sure that they will, but thinking about it in the context of all these other movies, it is kind of like a little odd. And it is kind of odd that she's been gone for like, what, 20 years or whatever, yeah. and she's like yeah, the so same yeah. age, and like, what's going Time on? Time is
4: relative in space. Have you not seen a sci-fi movie? <laughs> <laughs> Have you That's not true. seen Interstellar, for that matter?
0: <clears throat>
2: was, she, was she ever... Like, obviously there was a scene with the, you know the train, and all that, but was she ever in a spot where she was on TV?
4: She so the only public location she was was the train, and then she went underground to the shield facility, right? Then to the bar, which only Nick Fury and the barman was in, and then they went to space. Yeah, oh, well, and sure. To right.
2: That that she's order that house. order was a little. Yeah. off. Yeah. but yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, she also destroyed the the blockbuster. And the the sheriff saw her, the yeah. deputy, or whatever mm. he was. Yeah. yeah, but I guess so, just a couple people. It's yeah. not but like so,
3: a big thing. Yeah,
0: you
4: know, it's like those headlines, like Florida man cuts off own penis with a crocodile tooth <laughs> or whatever, and you're just like, oh, that's weird, and then you kind of move on. La- lady falls through a blockbuster, oh. and you're like, oh, huh, weird.
2: Yeah, my point being that um, I, you know, I I think there was probably word of mouth, but I. I, I, I would be willing to bet it was enough. Everything that happened was too quick for uh, news vans and, you know, all that to... It was the 90s. I, yeah, I was about to say,
3: 90s. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about the fact that it's the 90s and, like, getting that on camera would have to have been a very specific scenario. Yeah,
4: no, no then, phone cameras. And
2: then at that point, S.H.I.E.L.D. had been in operation for 40, 50 years, so they're probably...
0: Experts in covering that up. Yeah. That was actually another problem that I I kind of had um, was with the portrayal of Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, because Nick Fury, modern Nick Fury, is like this hard-boiled, you know, hard-ass master spy guy, all that stuff. And it's, you know, 20 years a long time, but in the 90s, he's portrayed as, you know, a smart guy. Capable person, kind of silly, kind of goofy. Definitely doesn't have quite that edge that he develops later.
4: Well, he'd only just lost his eye. Right. Every day, you know, it chips a little bit away at yourself. <laughs> yeah. Apparently.
3: And, like, I think he'd only been in the job for, like, what? They said, like, four years at that point?
0: He was he was relatively new to the job, yeah. He go. He becomes the, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. at some point in the midst of this. And I guess it's not like a – it's not necessarily a fault of the movie 100%, but this movie left me not feeling like, okay, I could see how Nick Fury gets to be who he is. Yeah. I didn't feel that at all.
3: Hmm. I guess for me, I, I didn't think about that because of the gap between where we leave him in this movie and where we pick up with him in, like, Avengers. Because, like, you said, like, it's 20 years. Like, that's a long time. Like, in 20 years, you're a totally different person than you were <sighs> – you know, well,
0: it's it's twenty years to now, but it's only thirteen ish years to his first appearance in Iron Man.
3: Sure, but that's still a long mm. time. Like at that point, he's been doing his job as a Shield agent for seventeen years. Like that's that that's a big difference. I think. I think you're like th- you know when you've been working a job for almost two decades versus like before you even hit the five year mark. Like he's seen and done shit that we just don't know about in that interim you know
4: yeah and i think i think he's still a spy he's still you know an army commander he's still has those things in him but he's not quite as jaded like you said pete like I, we don't know what he's seen or done in that time
3: and i think it's especially different when you think about the fact that right now he's still kind of like just a soldier like, he's mm-hmm. not leading S.H.I.E.L.D., you know? Which, like, you have to think, like, would definitely change his entire...
4: Yeah, like, he can't be pally with everybody because they wouldn't listen to him as director.
3: And, he, and I'm sure he knows things that make him think differently about the world, you know? Or, like,
4: Well, I mean, he's more look panicked. At, look at the whole HYDRA thing. Like, by the time that happens, like, they've infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D., And, like, he must have seen people do some messed up shit at that point. But I've sort of had it in the back of his mind. But, like, being like, oh, but it's for the good of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the world and blah, blah, blah.
3: And not to mention the fact that, like, in this movie you see a huge awakening for him where, like, you know, he didn't know that there were aliens. He didn't know that there were threats uh, coming to Earth that he had previously thought were, like, totally fictitious. And then all of a sudden he goes from not only, like, accepting that they're real grappling with them head to head but now it's like it's directly my responsibility to prepare for what I now know is an inevitability that this shit is gonna come and show up at my doorstep
4: yeah also seeing that cat like a sweet little ginger cat becoming a stranger things monster would mess you up (laughs) <laughs> like, I was like Whoa I, right, that messed
0: me okay. up
3: Yo also though I love What a bad Motherfucker It's like What it says about Nick Fury That that thing He sees it do that And then it scratches him In the face And he's like I'm still gonna keep it As a pet It's fine Yeah, like, yeah it, it literally
0: destroyed My eye forever I mean but... that's
4: what Being a cat owner Is like <laughs> You're like Yeah it like Chewed my arm up But I still love it More
0: Speaking of Nick Losing his eye What'd you guys think About the review reveal of how he loses his eye was that did live up to what you might have expected
2: uh no no but i get it like it it's one of those things that's like uh, that's kind of disappointing but you can between between the time of captain marvel and his first appearance or whatever in that 20 years you can tell that the legend has been building and he's just gonna let it ride
4: yeah and that, the, to, i didn't like it when it happened but when then when colson comes in and he's like is it true that uh scroll burnt your eye and he's like neither gonna confirm and that, i was like <laughs> okay yeah i like that yeah. that's that's cool you know it's it's that whole thing of like the legend is bigger than the thing and then yeah. you could never ever say like you know it, it was just a cat that was actually an alien monster like
3: I, I also love the fact that they, like, faked it out, like, two or three times before it actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. Because, like, I knew it wasn't going to be those things. But, like, yeah. the fact that people were just like, oh, how's your eye? And he's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's just a scratch. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's too Indeed. funny.
2: The just To take it back just very briefly to your, your previous question about uh, Nick Fury, I would also put forth his line in Avengers... Um, being very reminiscent to to this film, where he tells the council, "You know, I recognize your vote, but I also recognize." I think it's,
4: it's a stupid decision. It's a stupid ass de- decision.
2: <laughs> what's what's and he I think, say?
3: Like I've elected to ignore it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: I think I think there's, you, you know, granted, probably both of those are very Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. but you can kind of see the the continuation of the character there. You know?
3: Yeah, because like he says that thing to Carol where he's like, you know, they they have that conversation where he says like, I'm guessing that you're not supposed to save someone who like turned you over to the Skrulls or whatever. And you know, they have that moment of just like discussing that that um that moral fiber that it takes to go against the rules when you know that it's the wrong thing to do. You know that like you're somebody who believes in a justice system or is working through a system but like are you recognize that like even though uh you believe the intentions to be good or the goal to be pure that the rules aren't always necessarily like aligned with what's morally correct and that like the right thing to do is to do the right thing
0: so let's let's take the conversation back to the woman of the hour um captain marvel i i wanted to talk to you guys about her journey and her story and the way that it unfolds now when we talked a couple weeks ago about this movie and talked about like actually was last week about um my concerns one of the things that i said was that i was worried about it being a you know run-of-the-mill origin story and the way that they would show the information of how she got to be who she is and all that kind of jazz and in the movie they actually do it in sort of a clever way having the scrolls extract her memories in a sense um which was very different than what i came to expect and they kind of peppered the movie with her memories acting as like a hey this is who she was before and i really i gotta tell you i liked that i thought it was a lot better than what i had imagined they would do um because, first of all, we haven't seen the I don't know who I am thing. We saw it with Bucky, but with Bucky, it was played for amnesia in a I don't know who I am, so I'm going to act crazy. I'm going to do, you know, all these things. With her, it obviously bothers her, but it's an internal thing. And that's where the strength of Brie Larson as an actress came into play.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And it also, when, when she, it sort of peppers the story with the Cree have done this to her and they don't want her to remember it and that gives a whole kind of credence to the trajectory of what you find out about the Cree. and I think I think you're right I think it was a really nice way to do it we have so me- much media right now that is flashbacks and flash forwards and it's a little exhausting but this way and with the the scroll's voice over it, be like, oh, wait, what? This can't be right. Like, it's a good representation of what the audience can feel in flashback moments. But it, it grounded you by having that voiceover of like, "This? are you sure we've got the right person here? This is insane. And it was a, a really nice way to do it, I think.
3: Yeah, it was very fresh. And it, it didn't make me feel like those moments were just like... Here's some exposition, you know, like it, it, uh, you, you mentioned that it keeps you grounded. It, it made me feel like I was still grounded in what was currently happening, not let's go back to seven years to what yeah. was happening yeah. then. And it's like that can work like that's what they would have done if this was a Marvel Netflix show and they had 13 episodes to fill. You know, But the fact that it was in this shorter timeline and they needed to give us that information without it getting in the way of the story that they're currently trying to tell, this was a really that, good way to do it.
4: Yeah, but that's also how memory works. You never get flashes of full things. You don't get a whole memory of things happening. You get a vague moment and then you try and piece it together yourself. So they're playing on how human memory actually works, mm. which was really cool too.
0: That's a good point. Um, so, I think one of the one of the themes throughout the movie that I really appreciated, and I'm, I'm anxious to hear what your thoughts were as well, is the ways in which she is being held back. So she's held back because she can't recall her her you know her history, her life, and of course that's done by the Cree. Um, but then uh, Jan Rog, um, he specifically makes her feel like her power. And her abilities is something that she should be not, not ashamed of, but that should be suppressed, right? Um, and, you know, he tells her, oh, you know, if you can't beat me in a, in a physical fight, well, then you're not a real Kree or something along those lines. And you got to go see the Supreme Intelligence. And it, it just reminded me of The Matrix in a lot of ways where, like, she, she you know, she needed to be brought down a peg by the Supreme intelligence and she needed to have her mind you know messed with um, and then you get this this moment and of course they show her whole history of always being held down and you know as a woman what she went through as a young girl and everything else which I really loved but then you get this moment where she's just like no I'm not I'm not having it anymore I've been this whole time I've been fighting with one arm tied behind my back and now I'm gonna unleash and that's when we got the captain Marvel that can be, The strongest character in the marvel cinematic universe like how they talked about it um did you guys believe in her story
4: yes absolutely because this is the story of every single woman who is told that they are too emotional and you you talked about what's holding her back it's not that she is too emotional it's that she's being constantly told that and that she can't let her feelings go. And she's, she's weak for using her own powers and that her powers can be taken away. But that is what every woman goes through. Really. And it was extremely refreshing. For, one, for him to, her to punch him in the face and he's like, no, you can't beat me if you can't beat me in a fist fight. And she's just like, you know what? Fuck you. And just she just says,
2: I have nothing <laughs> to <laughs> prove to him you. Blast it's the best. Like, I love fucking, that. I, I applauded. I was like, fuck yeah.
4: It was so good. So I very much believe that journey. And to me, I, I was kind of thinking this in the, the flashback scenes where they show her fallen and then the guy being like, oh, you know why it's called a cockpit, don't you? Blah, blah, blah. Oh,
2: that was the worst. Yes, it
4: was. I've heard worse, believe me. Um, I've said worse. Yeah, probably. But the fact of her getting back up again, like no one would question that with a male lead like that's what every movie is you have to learn to fall so you can pick yourself back up again and it w- it added a whole dimension to it and you know that that's what this movie is about it's the representation and going back to her friend too like how often in mainstream movies do you see a black single mother who is also an air force is she a commander or is she a captain I think I think at this point yeah she was a captain like you don't see that and it was it was great
0: yeah um that that meant a lot to me that 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 she had a friend who like that she had a friend, you know that 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 her main emotional story was with a friend and not a you know not a love interest of any kind
4: yeah that that was also great, there was no love interest, like Jude Law wasn't that he was a supposed mentor that turns out to be super abusive and like anybody working particularly in the comics industry let's talk about you know where this comes from here like I feel like that happens a lot and so, but there was no love interest and how nice that was was just like it meant the world to me
3: yeah I think that was something that definitely stood out to me is like I not only can I not think of like another superhero movie where there's not a love interest, but like what, what movie is there where you have a female lead without some sort of love interest angle to it, you know? And um, really the only other one I can think of is like off the top of my head is like frozen, which even like has one, but then kind of subverts it. Right. But like, this doesn't even like touch on it, you know, like it's like her primary emotional like ties are to, you know, family you know but like a chosen family which is even in and of itself something that you don't see very often and that like really shook a chord with me you know
4: yeah it's it's not the batman I, I must be vigilante because everybody my parents are dead and blah 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 and like her parents aren't mentioned all monica the little girl says at some point oh like mom said you had some problems with your family so you chose us and it's not mentioned again and that's super refreshing like you don't need a backstory of oh but my father was killed and blah 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 and you know like it was nice to see that too
0: totally i think they took this opportunity to do something wholly unique you know and and all right, well, we're going to give you the female lead, but she's going to have, you know, this love interest or but she's going to have a dead dad or, you know, whatever. They they gave us something, you know, completely fresh with the character, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. Well, and one thing, one thing we noticed on the
2: on the credits was um there was only one man on, credited on the the writing team.
3: Wow. Yeah, I think there was yeah. so it was three like three writers, right? It was two women and one man.
2: I think I think I think there were five. I okay. think it was four four women and one man.
4: And Kelly Sue was also credited as um c- significant contribution and consultancy
3: too. Yeah, her and the um it was her and one other person It was I think it was the artist yeah. on the, the first volume yeah. of, of Did you guys own. catch
0: her in the movie?
3: I was yeah, just yeah, going to ask yeah. it. Yeah, it was so good. Oh my god. Awesome. It was in the train station, right? Or was it the Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Cuz it was funny when she, was so cool. when she walked by I was like is that Kelly Sue? <laughs> I I I would
2: swear I've seen on Twitter that she has like lines in the movie, so they, she must be in like an extended scene. Yeah,
4: maybe that's the extended. Cut.
2: Oh yeah, that, that's. I wish that's
0: they had her turn possible. into a scroll.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
4: I bet she'd love that too.
0: Oh yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> maybe in uh, maybe in part two. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's just close out with our, with our final thoughts on the film.
4: Um, my final take is, as, as I've kind of said and gushed about this movie.
0: (laughs) God damn it!
4: (laughs) I loved it and it meant a lot to me because I've been waiting for it for 10 years.
0: All right, so... Let's let's wrap this up. Any final thoughts on the movie? Pete, you want to jump in?
3: Sure. Uh, I think this movie was, was really creative um, with what it had to do. For it being... Uh, it needing to be a superhero origin story that also serves as a prequel to a franchise that's been going for 11 years almost now. Like, it had a lot of masters it had to serve while also being like serving honor to its main character who's a new character that we needed to fall in love with who like Jess said earlier in the conversation is something that like you know um you know female fans all over the world have been waiting for like it needed to do a lot and it easily could have been bloated or messy and I don't think it's either of those things you know I think it's really well executed it was inventive in the way that it chose to handle things like memory and even like action sequences like we didn't even talk about like the fight with the old lady on the train and like you know the stuff with goose and like his like very like men in black style just like oh we have this crazy alien sidekick like there are all these things that you don't normally get or the dog fighting i mentioned earlier right like these are all things that we don't normally get in a marvel movie and even if we've had things where people flew ships before or there were, you know, monsters or aliens or whatever. They weren't used in the way that they were used here. And they got mileage out of characters who we've known for a long time in ways that were new too. Like the way we got to see Nick Fury and get to see Samuel L. Jackson portray him in a different way is like – Speaks to the fact that like even though these movies have been going for ten years, that they still have things to offer, and they like that they're actually getting better as time goes on, because like they're taking more risks, they're learning that they can like do weirder stuff and like not have to follow this strict formula. And I think this movie is like another in the like line of them that have been doing that recently. But in terms of origins, I think it's um, you know it is unique in that sense. And that's that's worthy of praise in and of itself. And then aside from that, like I said, I thought the setting really worked well for me. I liked the, the the cast a lot. And I think the way that it the way that it like told a a feminist narrative through like I guess like through real glimpses into like the female experience is something that is like uh, it, it's just, it's just emblematic of good writing. You know, it works on multiple levels. It works on its face, and when you peel back the layers, there's substance. And, like, that's something that it didn't need to do to be good, but it makes it better.
0: Absolutely. um, For me, I think that this was a a very enjoyable movie, and it's a good movie. I don't know if I would say it's great. I think it's it it does everything that it does well um where i think it, it the the places where i think it, it it tips closest towards greatness is in the pieces that showcase um, captain marvel and and how they unfold her character and stuff like that but i do think there are some weaker elements it doesn't have like a doesn't have like a central villain um and i think it it also kind of doesn't do much justice to the people who are villainous in the movie uh Jan Rog he just kind of gets you know dispensed with which worked for what they were going for at in, in that moment um, but Ronan you know is a character who we're supposed to think is this badass I mean he's the villain of guardians and everything and he he like runs away um I didn't I didn't like that either. Uh, and I also thought that the the light show at the end while it was visually very impressive um, I never felt like uh, Captain Marvel was in danger and, and that, yeah because of sure. that yeah, <laughs> it never felt like she was tested and I wanted to see her put to the test but I guess we'll have to wait for uh, Endgame for that otherwise all the performances were great I really enjoyed the like I said earlier the Samuel L. Jackson Brie Larson um Uh, chemistry that they had and uh, i think there were some smart decisions made on the part of marvel to make this not feel so much like origin films typically feel which is you know like a slog and very exposition heavy they did a good job avoiding those pitfalls and so because of that i i think you you really have to give this movie at least at least solid praise. If you didn't love it, I can understand that. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I don't know if I'm going to go back to this one over and over again. I got what I needed to out of it. And I'm happy with that. But I'm more interested in seeing what stories they can tell with this character. Now that they've got all the preamble out of the way. And uh, that's how I always feel about you know origin movies anyway. So, uh, But it, it's better than a majority, I would say, of the origin movies. That we have gotten for superheroes so that's a big plus um so yeah especially for an origin movie i really enjoyed this it's very good and i think that there's a nucleus for something great to come from this creative team in the future when the uh when the shackles are off and uh, i very much look forward to that uh kale do you want to do you want to go next
2: I don't, you know, I don't have much else to add. I I really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed the performances. I I, I don't think there was a character in it that I felt was was bad. Um I w- I would have liked to have seen more Coulson. Um I've always been a big fan, but you know that it is what it is. Um I I think the thing for me to underline here is that uh it's this isn't the style of origin film that's come before i think it's uh this isn't you know uh guy gets trapped in a desert cave and comes out as iron man this isn't you know guy locks himself in a a mystical tomb and comes out as dr strange this is this is someone who's in the shit and we get to see her in the shit and then gradually we figure out who she is
4: well and i think to that point Origin stories as you see people become heroes like the whole point of Captain Marvel is that Carol Danvers is a hero before she gets her powers
2: yeah yeah um so yeah for me that's, that's cool that's the thing to take it away is uh, this isn't this ain't your granddaddy's origin film
4: yeah um for me I have been waiting for this movie for 10 plus years like I've wanted this for a long time because personally in my career trajectory Captain Marvel Volume 1 was the first thing I read and I was like, I want to do this. I want to make this. So it's kind of thanks to that that I have the career I have now.
0: Wow. That's really interesting. Can you quickly address what your career is just for those who might not be So
4: I am a freelance comics editor. I've worked on mainstream things like Doctor Who and I'm currently doing a PhD in comics.
0: Awesome. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank
4: you very much. (laughs) But yeah, so it's so it's something that's been a long time coming and we've kind of alluded to this, but it would have been very easy to just make a female superhero that's the same as all the male superheroes. What I think this movie does well is its originality. Like you guys were all saying, it feels new, it feels fresh, and I think that's the way I'd describe it. And it also had a lot on its shoulders, same with Black Panther, you know. For any other super movie, people would say, oh, like it's, it's not good, but it's still a superhero movie. Like, you know, like look at some of the DC stuff recently. But this one, it took the weight on its shoulders and it rose above all of that because even besides all the feminist issues and the good representation, it was a good movie. Like there's a risk of it being, you know, there's too much pressure on it to be all of these things and I, I think you're all right I think oh one thing I would like to mention too is uh, visuals and artistic design and costumes which you know goes back to old kind of designs and yeah I, I, I did let out a little like And I can only describe it as a moan when they (laughs) were underwater and like the green mohawk came out. I went whoa, because it was really good. It was really beautiful.
2: Yeah, yeah, the Jan Rog's full Kree battle suit I thought looked tremendous.
4: Yeah, I I thought their whole squad
3: looked really cool. like, when yeah, they had yeah. that moment of them dropping in the water and then, like, all kind of, like, commando entering that building, I was like, yep. this is just, it just looks yep. cool. It yep. just, yep. like, and their weapons all had that, like, pale kind of glow. So it when was, they drew them, it, it was, was, like,
4: really good.
3: Very
0: cool. Yep. Shout out to then, Minerva, then, by the way, who I love, yeah.
4: who died. But then the the costume changed, too, while she lets Monica mm. deal with it. And she's like, I don't know what color to choose. You, you can pick it. And that was a nice nice nod to you know letting a new generation kind of run with it and enjoy it
2: oh that's
4: a good point so yeah I, I also enjoyed that too the visual aspect like apparently made me made me really excited and make noises <laughs> so there we go <laughs> I've
3: never heard her make that noise <laughs> I know Kel I'm not surprised by that yo
0: <laughs> well if you just grow a mohawk um
4: yeah there you go Uh, It has to be like a green one, though.
0: Yeah, that's what it'll take. (laughs) (laughs) Get on that. Um, But no, uh, obviously, we all enjoyed the film. Definitely worth your time. Like I said at the start, decide for yourself. Don't make the decision based on what other people are saying. Hopefully, our conversation here helps inform your decision and if you've already seen it and you enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it we'd love to hear from you there are plenty of ways that you can reach out to us you can catch us all over the internet we are at the comics pals on social media you can write to us at the comics at gmail.com and of course if you're checking this out on youtube you can leave us a like drop us a comment share this video with your friends and subscribe to our channel all of those things are absolutely free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Jess, I want to thank you so, so much for joining us here. Uh, I think your presence added a lot to this conversation, and I really appreciate it.
4: Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. I really enjoyed it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's always a pleasure the, to have you on the show. Yes. Can you tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your work, how can they you know, support
4: so I am not very present on social media, but I do have a Twitter at Gian ninety one, which is J I A N ninety one, um, or you can try and find my credits on uh, ver- ver- various comic credit websites, which I will be featured.
0: in. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, the rest of us we don't get uh, we don't get plugs because we don't deserve them. So with that, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next time. Bye.
2: Yamota!